Welcome to the Non-Duality Podcast with myself, Nick Hyam, and Paul Dobson. How does one balance doing and being? Where does that cross over? Where is that line between being and doing? Because you can be being while jogging or doing a workout. (laughs) When the body's in movement, it appears to be clouded over, but it's not. Yeah. Where is the line? There is no line, is there really? No, there is no line. Beingness animates doingness. Doingness is infused with pure consciousness, beingness. There's no separation. The human mind likes to work on on levels and it imagines I'm doing too much, I need to be more. I'm being too much, I need to do more. And there's always this sort of like restlessness in both in both mindsets we as humans are always trying to balance those those energies maybe beingness is in every action every movement towards the future or improvement yeah a lot well most people go through life without even recognizing being don't they what is behind it all what is the ground of it as you said and not only what's behind it and the ground of it, but what is infused within the doing that happens. Is it's, um, there's no actual particular person in there animating the doing. It's sort of a, a, an organic and spontaneous reaction to phenomena that appear and um, thoughts that appear, the organism reacting. And then it's only, it's only an afterthought that says, I did that, and it creates this little me character. You know, you're being lived rather than you're doing anything, the one you think you are anyway. Well, it is, it is life doing itself, isn't it? Life doing itself, life being itself. The question is, what is that life with a capital L we're pointing to there? Uh, One manifestation, as it were, is beingness. So life can be and life can do. Uh, And ultimately, both being and doing are equal. It's only the mind that sets them apart and sees them as distinct and sees them as either good or bad, right or wrong, not enough, too much. And what? Go on. You're probably going to say something a lot wiser than I am. I'll let you speak. I doubt it. (laughs) Um... Well, that, that's the, that is the thing the mind likes to break it apart, doesn't it? And um, say, this is good, this is bad. Like going down the pub with your friends is very unspiritual, but sitting and meditating for hours and doing mantras and chanting is, is you know, with incense is extremely spiritual. It's, there's no distinction between the two. But I will say that the latter is almost the remedy for a society that's, if you are to split it into two parts, a society that's focused very much on doing and achieving goals and becoming um even though in the end analysis there is no difference coming back to being that stillness that isness that the consciousness whatever you want to call it underneath it all it's what we talk about really it's just finding out who you are essentially not even who you are what you are we can't even say it's a it's not who is it it's not even a what in the end um we could call it things like awareness and consciousness and God, but these are names. It's beyond any name, any form we can even think of, anything conceivable or perceivable. And that's really what we're talking about in this podcast. And 
what non-duality is about. It's we're not talking about a, a body of knowledge or a system uh, or even a form of spirituality. Really, we're talk we're just really opening our hearts to truth and questioning what we take to be true. That is all there is to it. You know, it's just sort of pure devotion for the truth of what this is, what this life is, what I am. It's like at some point life has turned around and it wants to know itself. Is there something deeper uh, and truer? Is there something more essential, sim simpler, primary to, to all that occurs? That search is a kind of doing. Even the spiritual search, the spiritual path is a kind of doing. There's movement in doing, whereas being, there's a stillness. There's no striving in being. There's no effort. Whereas in doing, there's often effort, striving, and there's an end result perceived in the mind or anticipated in the mind. If I do this, I'll get that. It's a cause and effect formula whereas being there are no formulas there are no mechanics that need to come into place for being to happen or to be cultivated it just is and it's in infinite supply but you can expand your focus you can expand your attention onto being and for that yes there are many things that you can do <laughs> uh, to be able to get in touch with it, including meditation, including inquiry uh, and other things. You can't make being happen. However, as you said, you can cultivate the right conditions to allow being to be known. This is the thing that I found really tricky, actually, um, throughout my seeking career. You hear this so many times, you can't not be it. You, you know, like you are it. It's 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 too simple. The mind, and maybe the mind just isn't ready at that point to hear it. You know, that like who, what you are as a functioning person is um, not ready to kind of give that up and go, give it up and go. You know, that, okay, oh, I am it. It's like the mind rejects it too strongly. Ultimately, every doing is effortless. Every doing is spontaneous because there isn't a doer. There isn't a doer attached to the doing. The doer itself is an aspect within being that is being. What we feel generally as humans is that the doer is primary. We are the doer, obviously. It's, it seems so obvious. Of course, I'm the one doing it. But who is that one that is doing it? When you actually analyze it further, that one is nothing but a thought. So you have to go back further than that to find what's doing it. And the one that thinks it's doing it is the one that's being lived through. If we are to work in a, a world of cause and effect, it's not the original cause of the action. Even in a physical world, if we take consciousness out of the equation and just talk about the scientific materialism of the physical world and you'd have to take it all the way back to the beginning of the universe to find out how that action is done in that in that respect. No one, even from that perspective, is doing anything, even though we so strongly believe we are the doers of our actions. Yeah, good uh, quote here by Nisargadatta from I Am That. For everything, there are innumerable causal factors 
but the source of all that is, is the infinite possibility, the supreme reality, which is in you and which throws its power and light and love on every experience. But this source is not a cause and no cause is a source. Nisargadatta said, it's about living in spontaneous awareness, consciousness of effortless living. All happens by itself. What happens, happens spontaneously, without intentions. There is only a stream of sensations, perceptions, memories and ideations. Memory creates the illusion of continuity. In reality, each experience has its own experiencer. By that I feel he means, there is no consistent ego sense of me. Each experience, so sensations, perceptions, memories, ideations, the building blocks of experience, has its own experiencer because those those building blocks are the experiencer. They're at one. They're the same thing as the experiencer. The experiencer and the experience are one. As experience arises, so does the experiencer. As doing arises, so does the doer. When there's no doing, there's no doer. So you don't exist as a person when there's pure being. Yeah, what I am isn't anything perceivable, conceivable, or any ideas of anything that I can come up with because all of that is perceived. Where is the perceiving? Like, where is this perceiving thingness? Like, it's not a thing, it's just this isness. Where, where on earth is that? You can't possibly separate what is perceived from the perceiver. And you can't separate the doing from the being. They are inseparable as well. They're not two things. There's no duality there. I mean, really, if we go deeply into it, there's no, um, there's no polarities of any kind. It's all mind-based. It's, it's all an after. It's after the fact. If we're talking of before and after, it's after that main principle. It, it appears afterwards. Everything is split up by the mind. So the point is to just go straight to the immediacy of what you are. If you strip away what you take yourself to be when you, or what you think you are or feel you are through probing into it, into the depth of those layers of conditioning, basically, you find that there is a basic sense of I, which is actually prior to the conditioned ego. You find that there is a sense of I, and that's not a, a limited finite person entity i it's this sort of primary awareness there's something which is not a thing which is absolutely fully always aware even when the body is asleep even when the body's caught up in something there's always this awareness and you are that you know, it's awareness without attributes, without qualities, without condition, without qualification, without time, without space. That's what you come back to. That is the that is the original I, if you like. And um, is that awareness not awakeness? I mean, there's no major difference between there's no difference between awakeness and awareness. What you're left with well, I'm not who I thought I was. I'm, I must be just, I must be awareness. That's my primary nature. 
and that primary nature that I, I am is awake, is aware, pure awakeness, pure awareness. You've ended the search. You've come to the end of your search. And then, just to toy with this, this possibility, this, having done that inquiry, this is what the end of the search is like. This is what it feels like. This is what it looks like. This is what it tastes like. This is what it smells like. This is the end of the search. Pure awakeness, pure awareness. You are that. I am that. And that conviction. Then, from that point, a whole infinite complex world springs into being. And it's seen to be very spontaneous, very effortless, without any cause, without any doer. There's then this, you could say, I mean, words are awful with any of this, but then you could say it's, it's all witnessed, it's all known, it's all observed, not from, a, not from a point of attention, not from a point of awareness, but it's all, if you like to use an overused phrase, it's all arising in awareness. It's all known by awareness and not separate from awareness. Awareness and the objects of awareness are the same. Yeah, you can let this character, this organism get fully involved. Um, knowing that seeing that you've just talked about while getting involved, it's, it's not... Because, because it's all it is the thing. Oh, I can only be in this state if I'm in the middle of the woods. I can only be be awareness if I'm in, in a hut somewhere. That's separating things off, isn't it? As like, well, no, the ultimate seeing is that everything's awareness. You can't get you can't actually get away from it. Before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. You know? But there's yeah, that, that's even that, even saying that is there's a before and after enlightenment, isn't there? Like there's an event, um, which is a trick of the mind in a way, isn't it? Like this enlightenment event, I think they make it very exotic, don't they? They make it like, unless you're waiting for some fireworks to happen, and if they don't happen, then you're like, well, it must not have happened yet. And it's like, no, you always were that. What hasn't, what hasn't happened is you haven't seen clearly that you are that that's all it's not it's not some fireworks not you know you might get the whole chakras bursting open and all that yeah. kind of stuff enlightenment is awakeness is awareness is there is no disconnection between the beingness if you like of that realization and the the everyday appearance of things the everyday tasks and chores and responsibilities there is no distinction it's not about stopping chopping wood and carrying water because you you've arrived at something although that might happen you know there may be a spark of realization and insight and all doing falls away and there's just sitting in a cave until bodily death and that can also absolutely happen just sit, absolutely sitting in the pure majesty of of life and isness and and the mystery of the ultimate and just being at one with that but what often happens and it's not really happening is that there's a break a breakthrough into the existing awakeness existing awareness which you know yourself to be and it's noticed 
that the doing continues to happen. There's no war with the happening. There's no war with the doing. There's no disconnection. There's no duality between the doing and the being. Mm. It's not a person becomes enlightened or a person becomes awakened. That's nonsense. It's awareness or consciousness or whatever we ought to call it stops identifying itself with the person. It's a, it's a spontaneous, effortless outpouring from being. There's no, there's no middle man that needs to kind of try to juggle the balls of doing and being. That's built on a misconception, a, a built on this idea of me doing and striving towards some kind of equilibrium. We talk about being versus doing, like they're in competition, like one is bad and one is good. There's no tug of war there, really, in the grander scheme of life. Mm. Your clue is in nature, really. If you look out in nature and the trees and the flowers and everything else, they know the exact time to sprout and to blossom and everything else. It's all done with no doer. You know, there's not a need for do a doer. And the rest of the body and our bodies are all made up of, the, you know, the heart beating, the the kidneys functioning, everything is there's no doer there. It's the intelligence. And there's nothing that says that the intelligence isn't taking care of what your actions are as well. <laughs>